time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Are you paying attention to your biggest assets? That's the question we're asking on today's show. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller, and this is the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Glenn is a registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting in Greensboro with an office on Mears Chapel Road. You can find him online by going to greensbororetirement.com. If you really took inventory of your financial situation, you might find that you've been taking for granted some of the assets that make up a huge piece of your financial puzzle, and we don't want that. Is it possible you should be putting a little more thought into some of those assets? And so that's what we're going to be talking about on today's show with Glenn. And, you know, Glenn, on the previous show, we talked a lot about the hidden gems in our portfolios. These things aren't necessarily hidden. They're often the things that are right in plain sight. These are the big ones. And so we want to make sure that we're especially paying attention to these things. We're not trying to uncover a diamond in the rough, so to speak. We're just taking care of the home front on a lot of these big situations. So do you find that people are not paying attention to their biggest assets is kind of the underlining question here for you throughout today's show. Let's start with the 401k. I mean, that's really sort of the centerpiece of a lot of people's retirement plans, right? Sure. Well, Walter, and I, I think oftentimes folks are paying attention to the things that we're, you know, that we're going to be talking about today. The question is, is, you know, how are they paying attention to them? And and what I mean by that is, is that, you know, is, is there a situation where they hadn't really thought about it in, in any kind of a different way? It's just kind of, well, we made a decision a long time ago and this is what we're doing and we're and and this kind of just tunnel vision, which that can be useful to some extent, you know, to employ discipline. But at the same time, there are situations where, it's like, you know, there, there might be one or two questions to ask that might put a little different, you know, slant on it to be thinking about, well, what if, you know, you know, let's let's evaluate where you are right now. And, you know, when you were originally, you know, putting these plans into place, are you still in the same situation? Do you still need to, you know, to be going down the path that you're currently going? Or is it possible that maybe you're, you know, you continue down that path, but maybe you take a little bit of a detour, you know, to enhance your your current position because maybe you're in a little bit different position than you were, you know, just a few years ago. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does make sense. So, so yeah. So I mean, I think it's like uh, if I'm picking you up correctly here, you're saying like, okay, people are paying attention to their 401k, as in they might be paying attention to like the balance of the account. But the thing you really need to be paying attention to is, well, what are you invested in and what choices led you to be invested in those things? So that's the attention just needs to be a little bit different. Well, yeah, I mean, and to your point, I mean, there, there are situations where folks aren't paying attention. And, you know, and obviously that, you know, then we need to really bring folks, you know, to that point and, and focus their attention on it. But again, if, if there are situations where it's like, OK, I'm really focused on my balance, let, let's say like on the 401k. Well, let's take a look at that. Let's see, you know, uh, well, you know, is all of that going into traditional 401k, meaning that it's all pre-tax, you know, meaning that it's going to be taxed when it comes out, when you start taking it as distributions, you know, in retirement, you know, do you have some money in, you know, in a, in a Roth 401k? Does your place you know, of work, you know, does it have the opportunity to have a Roth 401k contribution or contributions? That's a big question because, you know, oftentimes we, when we're sitting down with folks and, you know, maybe they've done a very good job at saving a lot of money, but maybe there's no tax diversification in their portfolio. 
And, you know, most everybody's, you know, is, is familiar with the idea of diversification and, you know, asset, uh, you know, classes, you know, putting money here and putting money there and making sure that they don't have all their eggs in one basket. But oftentimes, you know, they're, they're doing that that type of diversification, but they have all their eggs in, in one type of, of you know, tax account, whereas there might be a reason to have some money in tax deferred. Certainly, almost everybody should have some money there. And then, but there's also, you know, is this, you know, can you have too much saved in that type of an account? You know, and, and that might sound funny to some folks, but realistically, you have to start thinking about, well, when, you know, if you're, if you're getting the tax deduction today, then that doesn't mean it's tax free. It just means that you're postponing the taxes. And the key question is, is what are you postponing it to? Right. Do you, do you think tax rates are likely to be higher or lower in the future? Do you think they're likely to stay the same? You know, the vast majority of people that I talk to, they tend to believe that taxes are likely to go up in the future. So when you start thinking about, well, OK, if you're postponing the taxes, are you postponing that into a potentially a higher tax situation? So, you know, sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Obviously, nobody has a crystal ball, but you can start to look at your whole situation and, and, and you can you can literally, you know, take and say, OK, well, what, let's let's fast forward a, a few years into advance, you know, where, where you are, you're no longer working. Maybe you're starting to take your Social Security. You have other assets. You're going to start taking money out of your 401k. Maybe you've rolled it over into an IRA. And now let's look and see what the, what the tax situation looks like as you start to do that. If you start taking a certain amount of money out of your 401k, you might be all right. But if you start taking more than that, it might start to impact the taxation on your Social Security. So we really need to start thinking about not only the diversification of the of the asset classes and, and that type of thing, but you, you, you have some tax diversification within that 401k plan. And if you don't have that choice at work, then you may still, depending upon your income level, you may still have the, the ability to, to do a Roth IRA that's outside of your company plan. So again, it's kind of you know, making sure that you're looking at that in a holistic way. And a lot of uh, this, this seems like it might be getting into the weeds for a lot of folks. And if it is, and it, and it seems like, wow, that's a lot to think about. Well, then that's, that's oftentimes where you, it's really a good idea to maybe make sure that you take a step back and say, you know what, maybe it's a good idea for me to go, go in and get a second opinion. Let me start to talk to somebody a little bit and, and, and let's see if what this, this current path that I'm traveling down, if it makes the most sense or should I just tweak this just a little bit. You with me, Walter? I'm with you. Yeah, we've covered a lot of ground already and just talking about the 401ks primarily. So, you know, I think it's an interesting discussion to look at all of these different moving parts, but it doesn't just happen with the 401k. The great thing about retirement planning and finances, Glenn, is we're diversified. We've got lots of different things to keep our eye on and to keep track of, too. And uh, the house, you know, is probably another big thing, both physically, a <laughs> big asset for many folks, uh, but also uh, financially. It's one of the biggest investments we'll make in our entire lives. Well, that's exactly right, Walter. And you know, when you start talking about your house, you also have to start thinking about mortgages, right? And mortgages come into play in terms of, you know, cash flow. When might it be paid off? Does it make sense to pay it off? Does it make sense to pay off a certain amount and then maybe, you know, move to a doing you know, to a smaller house to, you know, to downsize? You know, may, you know, there, there's there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle. And the key is, is that you got to think in terms of are you utilizing the cash flow that you have coming you know, into you in the best way? And are you utilizing the assets that you have in the best way? And most people don't think of their house as, 
you know, they, they think of it as an asset, but it's also their home, right? And so it's, you know, you have to, you have to, you know, kind of say, okay, well, you know, there is the home and, and, and the house is, is largely a, a lifestyle choice in terms of, you know, how and where do you want to live, but you also have a lot of money that's either, you know, going towards the house or maybe has already gone towards the house. Maybe you have it paid off. Maybe you don't, you know, does it make sense to do this or to do that? And when I say do this or do that, you know, we start talking about, you know, do you accelerate, you know, payments towards the mortgage? Do you not do that? Do you look at, you know, possibly, you know, you know, downsizing, you know, and, and, or possibly just, you know, maybe you're going to retire and move to a different area. I, you know, I talk to folks all a lot, you know, a lot of times they say, you know what, I think I want to move to the beach or to the mountains, you know, after I retire. And so you start thinking about, you know, well, what is, you know, what's the best way to deploy your assets when you're, when you're thinking about your monthly cash flow, as well as, you know, the equity that you may have built up in your house. Well, it's another big concern, obviously, is when it comes to our home. And there's lots of different angles to obviously view there. Similarly, Glenn, something that some people don't put a whole lot of thought into is selecting Social Security and the future of Social Security. Some people, it's as simple as as soon as I can take it, I'm taking it. But there often needs to be a lot more thought that goes into that question. Well, you're, there's no question about that, Walter. And so you start thinking about Social Security, and it's unfortunate, but an awful lot of folks don't really, you know, think about that as a significant asset as it really is. When you start looking at, you know, the amount of cash flow that can be generated for most people in Social Security, and particularly if, you know, married couple and both folks have, you know, have, uh, you know, have working histories, you know, outside the home, and they, they both are looking at, you know, several thousand dollars of, of Social Security, you know, uh, benefits. I mean, you start looking at that and you start, you, one of the questions you have to start asking yourself when you're thinking about making that transition from working, you know, to retirement is is that if you have assets in a 401k or an IRA or some other account, you know, how much income can that produce? You, you really start looking at it and you start looking at how much Social Security is, is, is creating. I mean, it's a very valuable, you know, it, you can't really say it's an account, so to speak, because there's not a balance that you could just, you know, you could roll over and transfer somewhere else. But it's certainly an income stream that if you looked at your other assets, you know, it would take a lot of it would take a lot of money saved, you know, to create the, the same amount of cash flow, you know, that your Social Security might. And so let's kind of delve into that one a little bit more, Walter. You know, I think a lot of people out there have probably heard of the 4% rule. Right. And the 4% rule, you know, was created back in the 90s. And, you know, the idea that behind that was is that, you know, if you retired at age 65, um, then, and you started taking out 4% of your account balance, and then you and then you adjusted that withdrawal each year for inflation, you know, that that should last you through your lifetime. Right. And at this time, you know, back in the 90s, obviously, interest rates were a lot higher than they are today. So we fast forward to now. And really, the 4% rule is more like the 2.5% rule. But, you know, when you start thinking about that, and whether it's 2.5% or 4%, if you, if you start thinking about how much income can that produce, right? Let's say you had $100,000 saved in, in, in a 401k or an IRA. And so if you if it's a two and a half percent or a four percent, that means that realistically at age 65, you know, if we're looking at that rule, it says, you know, well, you can you can withdraw somewhere around twenty five hundred to four thousand dollars a year on every hundred thousand dollars that is that is in that type of an account. And you start thinking about, wow, well, twenty five hundred dollars a year on one hundred thousand. Well, a lot of folks have twenty five hundred dollars a month in terms of their Social Security. 
And if they were to postpone their Social Security for a few years, you know, that might end up being like $3,000 a month. You know, how much money would you have to have set aside in a, you know, in a, in a retirement account to create that kind of income? And when you start thinking of it in those terms, most people are like, wow, I've never really thought about it like that. You know, they think in terms of, well, I've got this balance in my 401k or my IRA, and that seems like a lot of money. And maybe, maybe it is, but you really have to start thinking about, well, how much income can that produce? And it might not be as, as big a number as you might have thought or you might have hoped. And so you really want to make sure that you're maximizing your Social Security to your particular situation. And part of that maximization process is, is seeing if you can be more tax efficient with that Social Security, because Social Security is kind of a little bit different in, than most other income streams in retirement. And that is, is that it's not inherently taxable. It only becomes taxable based on how much other income you have. And that's when we start thinking about what we were talking about earlier with your 401k or your IRA. And, you know, do you have some money in Roth? Do you have some tax-free money as well as tax-deferred money? And when we start looking at, you know, the bottom line is, is how much money do you get to keep and utilize versus how much money is in the account? If you've got a bunch of money in the account, but you have a, you have a, you know, so to speak, you have a lien against it, or you have a co-owner in terms of the government who has a portion of that account, you have to think in terms of how much am I going to get to keep? How much am I going to get to utilize? And what kind of withdrawals can I take without having to overpay in taxes? And, you know, Social Security, you know, kind of interacts with all the rest of it. And it's really, really important that you're maximizing that to your best benefit. Well, it's interesting. We've already covered so many big things, the 401k, the house, Social Security, obviously a lot of ground covered already. There are a few other things, though, to throw into this list, and those are all tangible items in a way, Glenn. I'm going to step outside the box a little bit with the next item on our list. Again, we're talking about are you paying attention to your biggest assets in your financial life, but not all of them are actually something physical like the Social Security payout or your house. Another one to look at is your future savings potential, and I'll say that again, your future savings potential. Why would we throw that into the list? Well, Walter, everybody has a lifetime earning you know, potential, right? And it's like, how much can you earn and how much can you save? And, and when we start thinking about that, obviously, the closer you get to retirement, for most people, that means that they're in their highest earning years, right? And so when we start thinking about it, when you're in your highest earning years, you have an opportunity to potentially put more money aside, you know, for retirement, you know, and save more. Maybe you didn't save as much, you know, early on in life. I know a lot of folks, you know, obviously it's, it's tough. You've got so many things going on. You know, you're trying to get your family started. You're getting your career started. You have kids. You have the expenses of that. Then they want to go to college and then you want to send them to college. And so then you have those costs. And oftentimes, you know, the, the savings, you know, kind of put, gets put on the back burner, you know, for a lot of folks. But yet at the same time, you know, at, later on in life, there might be a limited window of opportunity where you might be able to, to, you know, to work on catching up, so to speak, you know, and be able to put more money aside. And, you know, and that's that's really, really important to focus on that. You know, do you have the ability to do that? You know, do you have accounts at work, you know, with your 401k or 403b that can do that? You know, are they all pre-tax or are, they, are there some Roth opportunities? Are there other things that you can, you know, work with an advisor with, you know, in, in terms of, you know, just making sure that you're you're making wise choices with your plans at work, but also are there other things that are that maybe not offered at work that are available to you that you just simply don't know about because you've never exposed yourself to, you know, to working with an advisor that, you know, that really specializes in retirement planning. So, you know, you really need to start thinking in that in those terms, if you haven't already, as to, you know, how much money can I put aside? How much money do I need to have you know, put aside in order to, you know, continue my current lifestyle into retirement and through retirement? 
Glenn, these are all big, and we'll end with one that's a little bit counter to the conversation, as I'm going to talk about smaller accounts. But we're going to view this as a big asset and include this as part of the occasion because it's all of these things combined. So if you have a bunch of smaller accounts, people, uh, in fact, I had a family member recently, Glenn, kind of in this situation. They said, well, you know, this account is really small, and so is this one, and so is this one, so they probably don't matter very much. And I said, well, combine all five of those IRAs uh, together, essentially, and that's a pretty big account. That's a big part of your retirement plan. So just because the individual accounts are small, you combine some of these smaller pieces together, and just like these other things, it's a big piece of what you've got working for you, and it's easy to lose sight of those small things. Well, that, you're exactly right, Walter. And that's a, we had talked a little bit about that. I know in a, in, a, in a previous show when we were talking about you know uh, old 401ks that you know that you had left behind. You know, I've I've seen situations like that where they they might be old 401ks or old IRAs, and you know, this is like you say that you know the, the the kind of the mindset is ah well, there's not that much money in that account, and there's not that much money in that account. But when you start putting it all together and you you know you start adding them, you know, and, and and say okay, well, if we were to combine this and put this in one account, and you know, in, in essence. You you know, give this account a particular, you know, job, so to speak, you know, it's like, okay, we want this, we want this to grow. And then, I mean, you know, and maybe this is our growth account, or maybe this is going to be set aside as, you know, as our, as our safe money account, or maybe we're going to try to start creating, you know, uh, some income benefits with that. You know, there's, there's a number of different things. Again, it depends on your, your particular situation. It's also another situation where it's like, you know, there are times when it makes sense to do what we would call Roth conversions, where you have old pre-tax accounts, it may make sense to, you know, convert, you know, some of that over, you know, to, you know, to a Roth account, you know, and that's, you know, there's specific, you know, steps that you would need to take to, you know, that and I's you got to dot and T's you got to cross to make sure that you're doing it right because there are some tax implications. But, you know, sometimes, you know, that might be a good plan. It really just depends. And again, if you have if you have a variety of accounts and you're not really sure exactly what the, what what you need to do with them or or whatnot, you know you want to make sure that you're you know you you want to be strategic with that because you know you save that money, it's just as spendable and it's just as much you know an asset as anything else that you have, you know, and and any of your other accounts, and you want to make sure that it's working for you. And so if, you know if, if it's not and you know it's not, then you you know you probably need to take some action. And one of those actions might be to just you know to schedule some time with someone who who really you know, specializes in retirement planning. How do we get the most out of these accounts and make sure that they're they're working for you and not just sitting over there in the corner somewhere? Really important, I think, to remember all these little moving parts work together, some bigger than others, but they're all part of our financial plan. And we want to make sure that we're not losing sight of the big things. You know, sometimes we talk about the details here on the show, but every once in a while we need to step back and say, all right, well, let's look at the big picture. Let's look at the big pieces, get those things right. Then we'll focus on the details. We don't want to get all the details right, but overlook completely the biggest parts of the equation. So it's a good reminder to do that sometimes. And that's why we did today's show on Are You Paying Attention? And the the right kind of attention, as I think it was really importantly pointed out by Glenn, to your biggest assets. And if you have any questions about this, want to get in further detail and talk to Glenn about what's going on in your own financial life and retirement, 336-291-3535 is the number. That's 336-291-3535. He's the registered financial consultant and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting in Greensboro. And you can go to greensbororetirement.com to get in touch as well. That's greensbororetirement.com. Click on the free consultation button at the bottom of the page and you can schedule a time to meet right there from your smartphone or computer. Thanks for joining us on today's show. And we'll look forward to talking to you again on the next edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Take care.